coming into another episode of Twig's SE Reflections. Who knows what's going to happen next? It's me, Anthony Twig Wheeler, talking to you, some somatic experiencing practitioner out there. You're not just somebody, though. You're you. And you probably think about all this stuff like I do all the time. You know, it's kind of like one of those things. Some of us, we get into it. That question, what will help our clients participate in their own functioning, healthy biology so that they can feel that much better, that much faster? And what do I have to do in order to help them do that? Whoa. Let's find out. I had a great opportunity to understudy with a fella, famous fella up in Canada. His name was Morse Kachansky. They called him the Wizard of the Woods. At one time, every school child that went through the Alberta school system spent a day or two out in the wilderness with him, learning about plants and how to make shelters with snow coming down around, all those kind of things. And Morse used to say this thing. He'd say, you're not going to live long enough to make all of your mistakes You have to learn from other people, you know, because your mistakes will get you killed. So you got to learn other people's mistakes so that you don't make those mistakes and get killed by them. So that's in the wilderness setting. You have to learn from other people. And I got a lot of permission from Moors to do something that I would eventually understand is named Waza o Nusumu, means steal the technique or stealing the technique. It's a Japanese phrase. I, I know that it's used in the traditional martial arts and probably in other elements of the society. And don't don't give me too much credit on the Japanese there. I just got that from a friend, Tamami-san, over in Japan last week. Stealing the technique is this notion that says that the teacher is, is both a kind of a, a gifter or a grantor of information, and they've also got a kind of a corner on the market on a certain part of the information that they have. And that's proprietary and, you know, it's kind of their profession. So on some level, a teacher isn't necessarily going to either have access or inclination to share all of the little tricks of the trade that they do. And in classical martial arts, the it was kind of recognized that the teacher only gives a certain amount of information and then provides a whole lot of practiced in demonstration, and it was up to the students to, quote, steal the technique, wazo nusumu, to to observe what it is that the teacher's doing with their placement of their weight or their attention or their eyes and focus of gaze or distance from their opponent and these kind of things. Stealing the technique is a kind of a time-honored learning skill or learning thing in Japan, and I think elsewhere in the world, where what you do is you watch a master who does something really well, and you say to yourself, what are they doing? How can I emulate that? What would that look like if I were to do the same thing? I would say that kind of this stealing of the technique, stealing the technique, is one of the important things for us as practitioners to do in the SE world. Not necessarily because the faculty aren't going to share with us the 
you know, the ins and outs, the, the deep insights that they have, what they're really thinking when they're doing sessions in the way that might be most helpful. I think they do. I think they can. I think they will. But, you know, there's part of this that is just the white hole, as Peter Levine used to call it, where he would say, you know, there are things that I do that I don't even know why I do them or when I do them or how I do them anymore. They've become the white hole, the thing I don't see. And obviously, you know, you and I have to realize that it's going to be very hard for somebody who's really practiced in their craft to dissect what they do in order to tell it back to us in a way that we're going to understand. That's going to be part of our responsibility in starting to make the translation of what we observe in the demonstration sessions that we see or the the kind of sessions that we've experienced ourselves and we're trying to imagine what it is the practitioner was trying to do at that moment, something that really helped us, you know, helped our bring our attention together or move our attention away from something that wasn't going to be helpful and did it in a way that, that didn't cause any disruption, didn't cause any any halt in the movement of our attention, but instead facilitated the smooth transition of our attention. And we look back at that session, we say, what was the practitioner? What was, you know, my therapist? What were the, what was the teacher really doing at that moment? Stealing the technique. We have to kind of look into what it is we see these people that we respect and want to be able to do their craft in a similar kind of way. What is it they're doing and how can we do something similar to that? Now, there is in the stealing the technique, you know, analysis of Japanese arts and such, there's this idea that the teachers are actually perhaps guarding the information as like a proprietary thing. And I, I kind of want to make sure that, that we don't either care about that or we don't concern ourselves with that too much. Even in the, the traditions in Japan where such a thing would have been militarily important to kind of protect your technique and therefore it would require that students were quote to steal the technique there's a whole nother way of saying that part of what and why teachers do or don't you know probably don't say exactly what they're doing and when and why they're doing it is because in order to kind of grok or take in that information it kind of can't be told it's something much more that you have to experience in yourself and so when you're trying to kind of steal the technique from your teachers or your kind of colleagues even in the SE world, when you're trying to observe what it is that others do and make that partly your own, give it your own flair and everything, but certainly do something that you weren't going to do until you observe them doing it, you might just realize that everybody is in a way trying to share what it is they're doing. And it's for the observant to pick up on that and improve their situation by their ability to modify their own behavior means you're willing to change your own technique when you see another one being more valid or working better with a certain kind of clientele. Um, Also to, to be observant in the sense of like, I can see what other people are doing. I can see the nuance of things that takes time to develop and not everybody has a natural inclination to it. Maybe nobody has an natural inclination to it and it requires everybody to develop the observational skills of like, oh, that's what that person is doing. Oh, that is working. But that's an opportunity for you to, you know, observe more. So 
as you move forward, I just encourage you to kind of steal the technique. Now, here's one that I'll just give you that, that I stole from Steve Hoskinson. I would notice, I would pay a lot of attention in the trainings, and I would notice that there were times when he was thinking. And on the backside of his thinking, he was going to say something more. And I noticed also that when he was in sessions with people, he could read when other people were doing the same thing. He would, you know, be in a conversation. The person would stop in some way. He would give the space for them to stop, do their reflection, and if necessary, give a little nudge to help the, the thought come out. For instance, that line that sometimes we say, oh, was there a thought there? But he gives that space for the thought to form so that if he has to do the priming to help the thought come out, they've had enough time, the client has had enough time in order to be able to share something. The request for the thought doesn't come immediately. There's enough space for the thought to develop before any kind of intrusion is done by Steve. And Sometimes, or whenever it's possible, he seems to just simply wait until they're able to speak on their own. Now, he does that when he observes that they've actually gone into some kind of productive thought, not in the place where they're just kind of dissociating or disappearing. And the ability to notice the difference that this person is kind of taking a moment to think and they're going to say something more is something that I needed to kind of cultivate because I thought a space meant the next opportunity for me to say something important. And a lot of times, a space is the next opportunity for me to just shut up and wait while the client, my client, forms what they have to say and then has enough formation that if I need to prime it, I can, and there's something to respond with, or they're able to just say it on their own. And I had this really nice thing in the training because I could notice when Steve in his presentation was doing the same thing. He was taking a moment to pause, form or generate what he would say next, or at least give some space for that to come. And many students or you know participants in the training would take that as an opportunity to ask a question. And Steve would often do this very nice thing where he would say, oh, I want to get right back to that. And, and I'm just going to finish this thought. And he helped me in a way, you know, I was stealing the technique, but I was watching what he was doing. And so therefore he was helping me understand that there's a certain kind of signal that a person gives when they're turning their attention inward in order to kind of get that felt sense reflective thought. And we don't want to disturb that. It's a thought. It's an option. There are lots of techniques out there for you to steal different ways of approaching a moment Lots of great people out there to show them to you. Go ahead and go make them your own. Flattery. Isn't that what copycat really is? Playing copycat is just a sign of flattery? Well, you know, you can, you can flatter me. You can steal my technique. If I'm sharing a good idea and you want to try it out, you just go right ahead. In fact, you don't even have to steal my stuff. Most of it's out in the Creative Commons. Like Twig's SE Reflections, this project here. It's all Creative Commons. If you want to use it in one of your own projects, you're welcome to do that. Don't profit off my stuff, you know, but but do. Do share it around. Share your work around. Let's make a culture. Get up.